Talmor, Sheshin Mugachi. Talmor is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My grand says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready for a great evil is coming. And death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Sweet, the ladies' guide to bro culture. My name is Gina Bloom, and this is the show uh, where I, a transgender comic from New York City, bring on some of my favorite cisgender uh, lady comic friends to discuss male pop culture, things that they may not have experienced uh, after the fact, and now that they are grown-ass adults, they get to uh, experience them for the first time. We also have a designated apologist uh, for every piece of culture that we review. And today, oh boy, we have we have something for y'all. Uh, we have 1995's Mortal Kombat, the movie, the, the film version of the video game. And uh, yeah, it was something. I saw this uh, when it came out years ago. I was highly entertained, uh, mostly for the theme song, but... Um, if you look back in the record, uh, the critics are generally pretty, uh, not too happy with it. It, it, it did manage to get a 43%, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes. This is aggregated after the fact, because Rotten Tomatoes was not a website in 1995. But, um, mostly lukewarm, even the positive reviews. Like, uh, Stephen Holden from the New York Times at the time said, uh, the most intriguing is a glassy-eyed follower whose right hand shoots out a hissing reptile that can extend itself for miles. It's referring to, of course, Scorpion, the, the greatest uh, mortal combatant of all. Exotic creatures like these make watching Mortal Kombat feel like being in a high-tech funhouse, uh, rating it three out of five stars. More typical is Laura Evenson's review from the San Francisco Chronicle, rating it one out of four stars. The movie has everything a teenage boy could want, Laura says. Everything that is but an interesting plot, decent dialogue, and competent acting. Now... I happened to have been a teenage boy uh, when this movie was out, and I was not particularly interested in its decent dialogue or comp- or compelling acting, its interesting plot, or really anything else that she talked about. The movie was a huge hit, uh, making something like $80 million at the box office uh, back in 95. That's a lot of money. Uh, so for today, our first comedian, uh, she has never seen Mortal Kombat, but she is seen all over the New York City comedy scene. I love her to death. She's one of my favorites, one of my first friends in comedy, Sarah Hartshorn. Sarah, hi. say hi. Very excited. Uh, yeah. First first time. First time yeah. watching Mortal Kombat. Yeah. We're going to get to that. Yeah. And another one of my very favorite comedy ladies in, in New York City and another one of my older friends in comedy. I love her to death, and she is a fan of... Mortal Kombat, the lovely Sarah Kennedy. Woo-hoo. How's it going? <laughs> Two Sarahs. I know. Two sa- double the Sarahs. Uh, fun fact, a lot of people might know, a group of Sarahs is actually called a Becky. Yes. Oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> totally true. Wonderful. Yeah. We need one more Sarah, and then we wow. can have a Becky. We, no. we have a Becky. 
Uh, all right. So we are discussing Mortal Kombat, the movie, not the video game. This uh, was the first uh, Mortal Kombat movie. And it has <laughs> that alone is hilarious. That alone is hilarious. <laughs> yes, yes. There are there are like four or five. I remember a couple of years later they made a direct sequel to this, and then there have been like annihilation, some, uh, annihilation, annihilation. <laughs> Mortal Kombat annihilation. Well, I'm sure we'll address some of annihilation as it's one of the rare sequels that picks up directly after the um, after the close of the first film. Wait. Okay. Oh, don't worry, sir. You, you, okay. You haven't seen it, but we'll, we no, might. No, but I, I'm just intrigued. But okay. The, well, I have to say, it is kind of a letdown compared, <laughs> to, the, compared to the filmic experience that is Mortal Kombat 95. Um, it is a, an adaptation of the video game, the original video game with the original lineup. If you know your video games, Mortal Kombat, the game came out sometime around 93 or so. Um and was a huge hit, and the cash-in movie followed quickly thereafter, has the dubious distinction, critically, of being one of the best video game adaptations of, best movie adaptations of a video game ever made. Uh, you should see what they're comparing it you to. Yeah, so like in the oh. competition. Yeah. Yes, the yes. Mario uh, Brothers movie is so bad. Mario Brothers, uh, Street Fighter. Did oh. you ever see Street Fighter oh, yeah. with Jean-Claude Van Damme? Um, I actually didn't know that was a video game. That, Did you, yeah, that's who Johnny Cage is based off of. By the way, he's based off of Jean Claude Van Damme. Oh, that's right. Yes, uh. yes. The, the the fraudulent, not fraudulent <laughs> martial arts star right. Johnny Cage. Yeah. Um, you can't fake those movies. You can't <laughs> fake those. Movies. Tell that to the press. <laughs> and oh. the press in the movie is on every. He's on the cover of every every newspaper. Newspaper. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. He's on the cover of like the National Enquirer, <laughs> which everyone seems to have an uh, have an issue of. Like everyone's just carrying yeah. around this tabloid rag. Yeah. In every scene, and it's like, oh, Johnny Cage is a fake, right there on the, right I, there on the front page. I think Trump understands the media as being the press from this movie. Oh, like, that's yeah. his. Yeah. That's absolutely. how he sees it. Definitely yeah. um, a bit of a bit of a Trumpy representation of the media here. Yeah. Um, Did you guys play the video game? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. Oh. I played the living shit out of Mortal Kombat, the video game, in the arcades, and on the Nintendo um, 64. I believe I had it on the 64. I had it on Super Nintendo, and I oh. loved it. Nice. nice. My my friends brothers had it and they would sometimes let us play but not a lot because i was very bad because i'd like never played video games or like bent there weren't arcades where i grew up so it just wasn't a thing and so yeah i was very bad but they would let me play occasionally um but i always had to be the girl oh which oh. was fine i didn't mind I was but that was always like too. i always rule. picked the girl anyway unless yeah. it was scorpion scorpion was the only character that i could overcome my gender dysphoria because <laughs> he was badass yeah. sarah hartsorn you have never seen uh, mortal kombat until just a few days ago why don't you give us your first impressions um first impressions were that the fight scenes were very long mm. um also yeah. i yeah I, I had i'm I'm already struggling to like remember all of the people's names. Um, like I oh, don't yeah. worry, Sarah Kennedy. I know I'm them here. all very. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Um, so the the Thunder God. Yeah, Raiden. Raiden. Yeah. My thing is, if he's lost nine times, why is he so freaking smug? <laughs> good question. Very like, good question. You lost nine out of ten times, <clears throat> and you get to be like. <laughs> You're yeah. all ch like no. You are the Trump. You are the Trump. You are bad, Trump, Raiden. Yes, you've lost. You've lost nine, and also. What a shitty gig for the for the Outland. Yeah, I was gonna say. Like they have to win ten in a row just to win. Like, 
Isn't nine and one a really good fucking record? <laughs> yeah. Isn't that like? Isn't that a Hall of Fame record? Yeah. They could put their initials. Like the, one of the game? Those, yes, yeah. absolutely. ASS. Yeah. <laughs> Always. Yeah. Um, also, that actor and that whole character, like right away, I was like, I am watching, I'm watching the wrong thing. I'm watching a sketch. Mm-hmm. Someone has made a sketch and they have just put this, like what is happening? Uh, like the voice and just the white dude, Asian God. Oh. That was a lot. Yeah. He's yeah. a lot. He's a lot. He was actually, if you can believe this, he was actually... Um, the biggest star in the movie in the movie in 1995 that is christopher lambert he um, played his big claim to fame is is the titular character in the highlander series okay okay that's that's where he came from he was uh he was the highlander in the highlander uh he was something of a martial arts star uh back in the day um And I, I've seen a lot of Christopher Lambert movies more than more than I care to, to to think about. You could do a full episode just about Christopher. Oh, Lambert just about movies. yeah, just about the lost art of Lambert right there. <laughs> uh, French Canadian uh, guy playing uh, an Asian thunder god. Yeah, a little odd uh, in 2019 to see that sort of thing. Which I'm looking, I'm trying to, because th- I do remember that character from the game, and I'm trying to think like if it had to like. If the character in the game was a white dude. Absolutely not. I yeah, don't no. think it was. No. no. Okay. No. Thank you. All right. So that was just weird. They just like, he couldn't be one of the youthful recruits. So they had him do that. Yeah. He, yeah. those, all of his lines are recorded in post though. Right. Like he had, there's no way. Right. Does he sound like, he, he sounds sound like, he, he sounds, sounds like, like ADR. Like, like he sounds like, he sounds like no. that. Yeah. He, oh sounds, he sounds like he has a cold all the time. He sounds like a Frenchman with a cold. Like a, a, a weird, like a, I don't even know. It's it, it it sounded it was so it was so jarring the first time he talked. I really thought it was like a joke or there was something wrong. Also, I kind of fell asleep. Oh, okay. Um, That's an honest reaction. I'm really sorry. I didn't honest mean reaction. to. I woke up again, but I didn't have time to like go and rewatch what I missed. But I just need to know. You probably still got the plot. Did I'm... the guy with the brother bang that girl? He did. Oh, Katana. Right? Yeah. Um it's a it's a complicated story okay um i'm trying to remember the exact because i was like nobody they're gonna really bang. bangs anybody no, yeah, this movie, I, mean, I know it's but just like about the fighting i yeah. know this movie is is i saw this movie when i was um older than you might think but it's <laughs> like it's a really kiddie movie yeah it was supposed yeah. to be rated r and then they were like we better scale this back yeah, yeah. we know who our yeah. target like, audience is the, the tone and the and the writing were very um very much on like a like a sixth grade boy level also like i don't know well uh, yeah honestly that character the the cop she made me laugh so much not on purpose like so much like right from the get-go like her first line i think is like someone says like trust me and she's like i only trust one person and you're looking at her and i was like oh my god i am in i am in like flynn let's do this i get you like i got you i'm into it and then like later billy madison oh that's right yes it is and also, like, one, she, like, I get that she is supposed to be the one that's, like, there's a reasonable explanation for this the whole time. The whole but time. But there's one time, there's one point later where it was, like, okay, girl, give up that ghost. You have to, you have, like, yeah. no. Like, that she's can't. Like, she's, like, <laughs> is her working? phone? I don't Hello? Know. Yeah. Hello? Copy? Like, oh, my God. But then even after that, when they're in the, like, temple and stuff, and she's still, like, oh, my God. Uh, also, just poor hosting, I think, you know? Like, they get attacked yeah. first meal. That's Absolutely. pretty rude. Yes. Well, it is the it is the deadliest martial arts competition 
in the world. So I yeah. guess that I guess that is why. Yeah, that's true. Martial but, arts could break out at any moment. But three stars to that Airbnb. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, Sarah Kennedy, you you are not only were you uh, you're an enthusiastic fan, but within maybe like five minutes of me posting mm. the, <laughs> the <laughs> notice, <laughs> you were commenting uh, your your rabid fandom yes. of the Mortal Kombat film. Why don't you give us uh, your feelings? on the film, especially uh, in 2019. Yeah, absolutely. So coming to Mortal Kombat, uh, it came out the same summer as The Great Panda Adventure. I don't know if you guys remember that movie. It's like Home Alone with a panda. Um, And my parents dropped us off at the movie theater to watch that movie, and we snuck out halfway through and just went and watched Mortal Kombat. Oh my God, that's amazing. I think was more informative than if we had stayed and watched The Great Panda Adventure. Um, But I just, I remember being so just in awe of that much fighting. And I was such a tomboy growing up that I was like, look, there's a girl and she's doing it too. That's great. And then that song is just like the best song. (laughs) I mean, it outlived that movie. Outlived that movie by decades. Yeah. I actually Googled the song. Um, and there are so many SoundCloud remixes of it. Like to this day that were made like this year, like right now, somewhere in a basement, a dude is, is doing a remix of that song. So many. That is the lasting contribution is that that theme song. And I remember hearing that in clubs in Florida. Obviously, Florida club is kind of lame. I remember <laughs> hearing that in Florida clubs up to like the time I I'm actually left Florida in 2007. It's like, still playing there. I, I'm sure it is. I'm sure it is. I'm sure. I mean, and it's still 2007 in Florida. I, right? I think it is. And I and the voice would come on. The, the Mortal Kombat guy would scream, Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat. And. The whole club would cheer. They would. <laughs> oh my God. They would audibly cheer. That's amazing. When the Mortal Kombat guy yelled, and then and then it was like that scene in in Matrix uh, Reloaded, mm-hmm. where it's just a, an orgy of dancing. Yes. It's cool to kind of reapproach things, and I do watch it. I, I feel like every once in a while, you just got to check back in and be like, Mortal Kombat, you still there? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it every once in a while. It's I it, I hate that it, it it's hard to find streaming. That, it that's, is hard. If they would make it more accessible, I think more Hulu people would come back to it. Hulu said it would be available it. as of 3 a.m. this morning, and I was like, what? Why? Why is oh. that? Why? Why? Because yeah. they know this episode's coming out. They, they knew. knew. They knew. They knew it'd be in demand. But um, to goodness. I would say the, having the tomboy me be so excited about Sonya, and I do like Sonya's fight against Kano in it, and she does that thing where she like punches and then she immediately backhands, and I think that that was like a really cool fight move for a yeah. 10-year-old to see. Um, but like, because who's never going to punch a person in real life? Um, but... Now, I, and as soon as we started watching it, I turned to my fiance and I was like, don't get to attach this one. She becomes the damsel like yes, real she, fast. She loses so. competence yeah. very quickly mm-hmm. and never gets it back. She, I was really, yeah, I was really excited at first because she's like, do I look like your secretary? And I was like, yes, bitch. Like, good. Because I, I was like, that would have just been a weird, subtle thing if like she, And but then, yeah, that was yeah. a bummer. And then, not to, not to spoil the plot, Sonia is the, is the female fighter, Sonia Blade. Uh, in her tactical gear uh, throughout most of the film gets stereotypically kidnapped right there at the third act and in the process of getting kidnapped is is dressed in like a leather prom dress oh yeah she gets the full leia and yes and she gets her hair is teased up very high like like the the evil wizard uh shang sung employing the entire uh staff of vidal sassoon yep to um to make that happen and yeah, it it was def- that was something that I saw that was like okay, I didn't catch that in 1995. 
Did they explain, and I'm sorry if this spoils the plot at all. Okay, the guy with the one eye. Yeah, Kano. We can spoil Kano. the plot, by the way. Do they explain, maybe I missed it. Maybe this was in the segment where this seems like it might have happened when I fall, fell asleep. But because um, I also, I figured out that she got kidnapped, but I I think that, I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, how did he lose his eye? What is his deal? Like, I just oh. was like, is this, are we just, that's just a. That's just who he lost the, his eye in a tragic, I want to look cool accident. Ah. Yes, yes. And it was replaced. I have had some of those. It was replaced yeah. by a piece of plastic. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah. God. When the bad guy threatens him and is like, it like says something where he's just like, you're going to need a senile dog. <laughs> and then his eye gets all twitchy and he's like, he's my only one. That twitch. I was like, oh, that's Beautiful. Like sometimes, like sometimes it was just bad, but mostly it's so bad it's good. But sometimes it's so bad it's transcendent, yeah. mm-hmm. and that was one of those moments yes. where his eye twitched. You'll need a seeing eye dog. <gasps> You'll take my last eye. Oh no! And then I was like, wait. So is your weird red eye not useful? It's not even functional. You can't even see out of it. What is the point of it? This is my favorite scene in the whole movie. Um, actually, they're like back to back my favorite scenes. So one okay. of them is the when Johnny Cage is just in the forest for no reason and then Scorpion is in the forest and then Johnny Cage just runs around while Scorpion is doing his like get over here thing yeah. and then it just like chases him all around yeah. and then it gets yeah. okay close. I kind of thought that maybe okay yes I was not asleep but I assumed that I had missed something I was like very confused okay yeah. wait no you did not miss anything okay that's ju- wait do they j- cause well, just- cause Scorpion can like did he just what happened? Like, what was that? <laughs> like, explain that Johnny to me. Case was just walking through the forest. Like, it's it's you know, unmotivated, right? They he had just... some free time during the tournament. So okay. Might as well take a walk. Might as well take a walk in the in the suicide forest. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. And that's that's basically it. I Because can Scorpion, like, is that one of his powers that he can? I thought I thought maybe he had, like, what's it? Oh, my God. What He's is got the, the little grappling hook guy in his hand. Yeah. But can yeah. he? I thought maybe he could like apparate or something. And that was just a thing that I had missed or that he had like, I don't know. OK. I, oh, I mean, I don't know. Again, I filled in some plot holes on my own <laughs> and I was trying to do that there. And I was like, I don't know. Uh, OK. OK. Yeah. Yeah. The little. Blah. Um, Which that's some of the worst CG too. But, but oh, right when they get introduced yeah. and it's like Sub-Zero breaks the gun with the ice. And then Scorpion is just kind of being like, I got a power got too. A yeah. It's like he moves his hand and then like the little computer the graphic little goes, computer, like, me too. <laughs> Hello. I saw this movie in 1995 when it was out in theaters. I was heavily into martial arts films at the time. Um, as, as an Asian American, it's a requirement <laughs> to be into martial arts, um, especially when you're living as a dude. And I, you know, I had recently discovered um, the legit stuff where like the the performers really knew martial arts so as a little bit of a snob coming into it because like these are actors and even though robin shu is a fairly competent martial artist uh that you could see um he's the guy who played Liu kang uh the the lead uh, martial arts films uh, the only time an asian american can be a lead in a movie uh prior to like i think last year <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um yeah, so I, I came into it with a little bit of like a little bit of a high mindedness, like oh, this, this isn't Jackie Chan, this is this is Hollywood, and I watched it and I was so thoroughly entertained that my my best friend and I came out of the theater in Brandon, Florida, um, near Tampa, and we went around kicking bags of old popcorn. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. We were so pumped 
at the end of Mortal Kombat that we went around kicking popcorn bags. Oh my god! In the theater and on the way out the door. That movie must have been a nightmare for movie theaters. Like all oh, yeah. people coming out of it just being like, like, a lot of little miscreants kicking over popcorn. Discerning yes. kids is one of my favorite things. Like when you talk to a kid, that's like very like I would have loved to talk to you about your expectations going into the movie. Where oh you're yeah. Like well you know yeah. I watch a lot of like yeah j- like legit martial arts right. and, like I w- that watch is a lot of Golden Harvest, a lot of Shaw Brothers. Yeah, I don't I don't think this Hollywood stuff is is for me. That's one of my favorite things. Like, oh my god, watch! Like, I I went, I binged um, kids react too because mm-hmm. I just love seeing kids being like, um, I have a lot of opinions. Like, that's just my <laughs> thing because I was a very opinionated child, and so yes, I, I had I had a lot of opinions, and and they were delightfully upended mm-hmm. by Mortal Kombat. Um, all right, we're gonna do something a little different. I haven't done on the on this show yet. We're gonna introduce some clips. So, yes. um. Let's just go ahead and do that. I have a few clips that I pulled off of YouTube uh, regarding uh, Mortal Kombat. Some scenes. We're going to start with the trailer because that is the most fun of all. In each of us, there burns the fury of a warrior. In every generation, a few are chosen to prove it. One of you three will decide the outcome of the tournament. Three strangers will travel to the mystical realm of Outworld to defend our people against Shang Tsung. You will die. And his forces of darkness in an ancient tournament. One more victory. Your soul is mine. And our world is theirs. It has begun. All right, that was uh, the original theatrical trailer for Mortal Kombat, uh, the movie. Uh, Sarah Kennedy, um, let's talk about that 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 young tomboy. Oh, killer! I mean, just even that trailer would have <laughs> just made me so happy. And pl- I mean, any time that a trailer in the '90s started with the New Line Cinema, oh yeah, uh, logo, yes. I knew like, oh, okay, this is either Ninja Turtles or this is going to be Mortal Kombat. It's like it's every kind of little boy movie they, that um, that studio made them all and so it would just be made me so excited just to even see them god i love ninja turtles oh my god absolutely um, yeah uh okay so sarah hartson did were you, were you too young for that trailer I, i'm not sure I, yeah I, I i think i was too young i was like seven when it came out um so that's that's like i mean that's that's ish that's kind of an early adopter for that sort of thing but yeah it happened like my um 
But it was before I played the game. I didn't play yeah. the game until after it came out. So I remember my little brother was about that age. Um, he was nine. He was eight when the when the trailer came out, and he was nine when the movie came out. Oh, I don't know when the trailer came out. I was well, it's I was like eight. a year before. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. So seven or eight, the whole yeah. yeah. Um, but he was very into it, and I I I couldn't get my parents to to take let me take him to the movie theater, but I did uh, bring home the videotape yeah. <laughs> the day that it was released, and he was very excited to see it. I don't think I I don't think I even knew of it as a thing. And at the time cuz I when I was uh 12 I moved to a town that was like 40 minutes from the nearest video store and the nearest movie theater and so like that was so like doing those things was a big deal, but at the time when I was that age I did live in a town with a movie theater um and traffic lights and stuff, you know. Uh town stuff. Um yeah old towns yeah we moved to a town of 700 people it was like very very small but um yeah but i don't remember i remember just finding out about the game like after it would have come out um and playing that they use that that um woods with the scorpion thing in that trailer like a hundred times and it's like i know it's less than five minutes of a scene and it's in the trailer most of the trailer well because it has that the thing gets so close to his face and it's like it's his most stalwart it's my stoic Oh, we have it too. Oh, we wow. have it. So In fact, let's, let's go ahead and let's go ahead and, and and load that up. Get over here! Come here! Welcome! Get down here! All right, we just watched um, the entirety of the uh, fight between Johnny Cage and Scorpion. Um, uh, just to recap for, for those who don't know the film or uh, just want to hear want to hear three comedians talk about it, mm-hmm. basically what happened was Johnny Cage, as we mentioned, was just taking a walk in some random-ass woods here on, on Death Island mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, encounters Scorpion. Uh, a fight ensues. Scorpion uh, attacks him with his um, scorpion thing, uh, his little hand snake that yep. chases him around the woods and then uh, conveniently runs out of range right at the last second. And uh, then he opens a portal to an underground uh, level, uh, something out of Mortal Kombat 2. Actually, you could do that. And um, they have a fight on some skeletons and <laughs> some like random wood shit. Uh, eventually, um, Johnny Cage gets his ass handed to him for the most part, manages to, to survive, and then, uh, finally turns the tables, uh, when, um, Scorpion does his flame attack, and then, uh, Johnny Cage throws a shield through his head, and then causes Scorpion to explode, and then, uh, during the course of the explosion, Johnny Cage drops a headshot, and we cut out of the scene. And that is the fight. Sarah Kennedy, you look very excited. Cinematic masterpiece. That Absolutely. Is, I mean, Cinematic gosh. masterpiece. You get your ticket price. I mean, it pays for itself by that. Just that fight alone. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, t- take me back to that 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 tomboy real okay. quick. Love this scene so much because of the dynamics of it. Like it's it starts off quiet and almost nothing in the movie is quiet. So at least there you kind of get this like a little bit of a break in what's happening and how quick the dialogue has been. And then um, 
it starts off pretty quiet and, and then um scorpion shows up and already you're like this is awesome and then um he shoots those little like scorpion grappling hook is like scra- scrappling hook yes, and um yes. it goes all around and then the best part about it is w- before it or after after it does the little snippity snappy in johnny cage's face you then see it just like plow into a tree and it explodes with guts which is perfect mortal combat and then also it explains so much for me um about the biology of scorpion because yeah. that means that that oh. grappling hook is organic matter and absolutely and yeah. also the idea that the the cord on it runs out is crazy and it makes me think about that meme about the um hamburger helper skeleton the glove yes. yeah the, yes. it's like what's the skeleton inside of this and oh so, yeah what's the skeleton inside of scorpion like is he have it like wound up like a cord like right here and then oh, it just yeah. like runs like, out like or? a little hose like wrap around thing yeah you know, or is like it like a, a spider hose. where it's like kind of like kneading itself yeah. together as it's like oh, coming great out question i don't know yeah that's that's interesting very interesting very interesting the really cool part is when they go into the bone world or the like kind of scaffolding made of bones yeah which that's where i got confused about the tele the teleporting mm. so scorpion did that yeah it's okay just, it's just it just it's just a thing it, it's just a thing and it it, it doesn't you know, it's one of those things that people who follow the video game would just accept okay mm-hmm. okay no no i just a just an alternate universe or possibly space that is also on the island somewhere that they tell maybe to. it's maybe. the inside of scorpion I've, i thought about that too because oh, all the bones and yeah. all the like stuff that's oh. in and then also okay so let me okay real fast okay, i'm gonna i'm sorry bust I, it. I just yeah. really love this so much um so okay they fight and the fighting's great um mm-hmm. um but then the way that it ends we we talked about while we were watching the clip too is like it is a skull head yeah. It is um, cuts with goop coming out of them. It is fire. Also and then out of the ultimately guts. an explosion, which is, wow. Yeah. You, can't, yes. you, can't, you literally There's, cannot ask for more. There, yeah, He kills Scorpion like four different ways. Mm-hmm. He, that's, a, that's a quadruple fatality he throws in there. The only thing missing was, um, was Shang Tsung showing up at the end mm-hmm. and yelling fatality, which... He does quite a bit in this film. I was a little disappointed that they they did not get um, a fatality or a flawless victory thrown in there. Um, Which then maybe it's not an official tournament. It maybe it's not. Maybe it's not. Who knows? That's that's a difficult question. That's something that will be debated throughout the ages <laughs> in the annals of Mortal Kombat lore. Um, so we we got an idea of of Sarah Kennedy's favorite scene because she's been chopping at a bit to talk about it. <laughs> Right uh, in Johnny Cage's face. <laughs> yes, yes, just like just like Scorpion, Sarah Hartshorn. You're you're new to the film. You uh, missed a portion due to uh, understandably sleeping through it. Um, based upon what you've seen, yeah. What what is what is a a, a favorite or key scene uh, from Mortal Kombat? Oh, um. I mean, now having discussed it, this is like I. <laughs> well, that's what we're here for. Well, and I was so confused during this scene when I watched it that, like, it now I don't know. Um, yeah, the teleporting just really took me by surprise. Yeah, um, yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit much if you don't know the yeah, game lore. I did. I really liked the girls' fight. The girl had one fight where I was like, like. Uh, Sonia, not Sonia. Sorry, not yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there were actually two women. There were two women. They did uh, not have a conversation <laughs> with each other, and they do not not talk about this. Yes, yeah, yes. Not once. Did not pass the Bechdel test. Um, but um, but there were two women. Um, but yeah, when Sonia had one, I think like she had a fight scene um, that I really liked. Uh, where she where she fought and defeated Kano. Yeah, God, so good. 
And Very good. My favorite fight. In the film. Yeah. I think, I don't know if that was, I don't know if that was my favorite, but I, I just, that is the one that's coming to mind right now. Um, just because, yeah, it was, you know, it's all the things you want, you know, woman defeating an asshole. Who's yeah. I, I really, I, choreography wise, uh, the, the Scorpion versus Johnny Cage fight is the, is the, is, is the fight of the film. But, uh, Emotionally, I I did feel that that uh, Sonya Blade taking out Kano with that admittedly poorly executed neck snap with her with her uh, calves. Yeah, it was still it was it, as as bullshit as it was. Yeah. It was still emotionally satisfying. I really do wonder. I I do wonder how they filmed that. Like I would be very curious. Yeah, because like, yeah, I just and like he was so skeezy and and like basically the. The whole point of like Kano was that he just wanted to sexually violate Sonya Blade, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Shang Tsung was like, "Not yet." Yeah, that yeah. was his whole thing. Was That's like his whole arc. Yeah, like <laughs> Shang Tsung's like, "No, I, no, I need her for the," and Shang Tsung was kind of into her too. Like everyone just was just lusting after Sonya. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that she got some agency before she lost it all, and. Uh, you know, took out one of her like male aggressors, her her most prominent one was yeah was satisfying to me in a way that the other fights were just like cool like video game poppy yeah. stuff. Cool in quotation marks, obviously. All right. So we are talking to a, a couple of, of queer women, uh, although uh, Sarah Hartsman is married to a man now. I am. And I know. I know. How disappointing. That's but um one of the things that we like to talk about on this podcast is how this sort of male-centric entertainment gives us or doesn't give us insight into the male psyche. So, Sarah Hartshorn, um, do you have any thoughts on that? Man, um, I mean, that review that was like, has everything a teenage boy wants, everything that is except like well-written dialogue yeah, or something. Yeah, everything like quality filmmaking. Yeah. I feel like I even going into this film had more insight into what teenage boys want than that reviewer. You know what I mean? Cause like I heard that and I was like, yeah, like what oh, a, have you met a teenage what boy? What a bitch. Right. Like they don't want competent acting. Yeah. And like well-drawn characters. I feel like there are a lot of 30 year old men who pride themselves on wanting that. And they're like, okay, where is my award? Like, <laughs> yes. I don't think that's not, you know? Um, so yeah, I don't know. It, I like looking back now. I think that, the my friend's brothers it was like one girl and she had four older brothers um and they uh they played this game and i think that they found out about the game from the movie like timing wise i'm pretty sure that yeah. that or maybe they had played it all along i don't know um lauren furta if you're listening tell me if your brothers had been playing it for years um but yeah and like i don't know uh yeah, that's just. I think it. Yeah, I think it has everything a teenage boy it wants. Has everything full a stop, teenage from what boy I understand. Yeah. could want. Uh, uh, but like, what does that? What does that mean though? Like, um, it's a harmless film. Like, well, it's yeah. it's it's a pretty it's a pretty harmless film. Like we watched, we watched the professional on this um, podcast, oh. and that's yeah, that's that's problematic and a half. Um, and this film is not that. It's it's pitched to like thirteen year old boys. Yeah. And it just does things that 13-year-old boys um, would want to see. And even, like, the skeeziness toward, like, Sonya Blade was, it was gross, but it was, like, sort of very nonspecific. Yeah, and, like, only the bad guys, you know. Yeah, and only the um, bad guys. 
And yeah, I mean, she didn't have as much agency as she could have for sure. Oh, the the white guy being the Asian god is like the most problematic thing. That's interesting. Yes, we we did kind of forget that the white guy is the Asian god. Um, uh, also, I mean, the fact that like there's one Asian star and two white like that it like it is you know it well, is the, well little... the bad guy is Asian. Yeah, they did manage to keep the bad guy his his uh, true to his video game character. Yeah, even though the the Obi Wan figure was 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 a Frenchman. Um, a Strangely. weird, weird Frenchman. I'm not over that voice. When we were watching the preview, I was just like, what? Also, when he laughs, it is jarring. Yeah. Yeah. It is weird. Like, like what? Oh, I can't. It is, it is very creepy when he laughs. Uh, um, Sarah Kennedy, same question to you. Now, you had, you had kind of the same reaction when the movie was coming out that I did. Just excited. Wanted to see some violence. Wanted to live vicariously through these video game characters. Um, now, having you know been a been a woman in the world, a queer one at that, you you don't have to deal with with men in the same way that Sarah Hartsorn and I do. <laughs> Not lucky for you, <laughs> but um, what has has this given you any insight rewatching this in 2019? Yeah, I think it's interesting um, that it definitely in 2019 gives me some context to it but it also reminds me so much of like the the plotting of the movie is exactly like how and me and all the guys in my neighborhood used to yeah. play pretend when we were little where it'd be like this awful thing has happened where it'd be like Luke King's brother has died mm-hmm. and then I'd be like now we'll fight and one of you gonna win and then it's a little bit like a sports game where it's like winner loser winner loser winner loser winner loser and then it's like the big fight so there has to be some other maybe kind of ah, there's something on the line the girl's in trouble and then yeah. it's like the big winner the big loser and so like the plotting and i'm like like that seems like like boyhood plotting that that just reminds it does. me yeah, yeah absolutely it's, it's a very boy world like the, yeah. everything about this film down to the indifference to the the craftsmanship of it was just like fuck it yeah yeah, yeah. it did it did feel like a great I would use this movie as a counterpoint to people who are like, video games make people violent. I'd be like, no, nah, like, come on now. This is... Come on. Yeah. Come on. Come on. <laughs> like, this movie's not good. This <laughs> is not a good film. How, how how far into the podcast are we now? Like, how many minutes uh, are we? We're, we're 51 minutes 51 in. 51 minutes in, and we're finally it's, like, yes. it's, it's not it's good. It's not good. <laughs> it has to be it's said. It's not good. Um, <laughs> not can't, good. Can't close it out without yeah. stressing that. Mm-hmm. This is not a good film, um, as we've stated plot twist <laughs> but uh the thing is what what kind of like refreshed was refreshing to me um was that it was okay to watch like i didn't feel like i didn't feel like i, I had fit my you know adolescent brain with with like dangerous garbage like when when i looked at like like the professional again or when or even like uh somewhat more benign films um i don't feel like like mortal Kombat was any danger i don't feel like the mortal Kombat video game was any any danger to anyone um so i think that this is just uh an example of let's just let boys be boys yeah i think that we don't have to have a, we don't have to have a huge takeaway from everything it doesn't yeah. have we it did yeah it kind of i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt. no go ahead um it just kind of felt like it, it felt like this funny little bubble where uh, that a lot of things exist in where i was like that is because def- i was sort of a tomboy but um but i didn't have like friends who were boys i didn't 
I don't have a lot of friends. I'm not gonna lie. I uh, what you know, I was a sh- I was into sharks and dinosaurs and ferrets uh, all at once. It I was, was too much. Into two of those things, not ferrets, and also didn't have a lot of friends. So um, yeah. Okay. I, so I had like one or two friends, and that was it. And they were both girls, and so it does sort of feel like this thing that I like would have been super into if I had had friends and had like a place to to sort of do that. And it feels like this funny little bubble of mask, like of super masculine, but like mostly untainted by to- toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's you know like what I mean? Like, values free yeah. masculine movement. Yeah. Almost. It's just like, it, it, it just exists and it's, it's dude and it's, it's like fine, you know? And like there are little whiffs of it and whatever. But when people are like, Oh, you want all men to die? I'm always like, I mean, yes, I do. I'm very <laughs> tired. Oh my God. When are you going to do it? But also like, that movie can live. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. They can fight each other in a tournament for the... Oh, right. go to there town, go. my friends. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> there can be one man allowed to live. And he, yeah. he's the best fighter. Yeah. That way he can, like, gather the coconuts for us. Exactly. Um, absolutely. No, I think that... I think... I think that was... I think that's it. And I think that's interesting, Sarah Hartshorn, that you, you mentioned that if you had had the opportunity to see that you might have been into it. I think that what I was pleasantly surprised by was the... When I when I posted the the notice for this, um, I got a lot of support <laughs> from from uh, from women that were fans of the film. Like a lot of women came out. More women came out s- supporting the film than than men did. Yeah, uh, I I think that there is it is very masculine. It's very little boy, but it is also very inclusive because it is so innocent and free of of toxicity that it it's the kind of masculinity that that girls could enjoy too. Yeah, it's just you know everyone likes to get their adrenaline up and like pretend to be a badass. I don't. I don't think that's. A, I don't think it's a man thing. I don't think that's a woman thing. I think, I think that's a human thing. Everyone wants to feel powerful and invincible. Yeah, at some point, especially when you're a little kid. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. And everyone wants to listen to that really awesome song. Everyone wants to listen. Such a good song. Listen to the song. And what I love about the song is that it does give you a roll call of the original oh, fighters. The full, it's just the video game noises. <laughs> so they have to go with the whole yeah. roster. Yes, it's just yeah. the video game noises. It is wonderful. I am going to play a quick clip of my favorite scene uh, of the film. It is not what you expect. Um, it was my favorite film, my, my, my favorite scene of the film, having watched it in 2019. It is such a stupid throwaway uh, moment. Is very short, but for some reason it just tickled me to death, and I think it will it will um, touch on the themes that we have uh, discussed. And it's just a quick thirty seconds, so here it comes. Hey, pal, when the ship comes in, could you put these on board? You want me to carry your luggage? Yeah, I pay money, you carry the bags, or is that too complicated? No, I got it. Good. God, I didn't ask him to park the car. Okay, yeah, we just saw this scene uh, where, where Johnny Cage and Liu Kang meet for the first time. Johnny Cage, the the spoiled martial arts star, presumes that Asian uh, Liu Kang is uh, a porter on the mystical ship to Death Island and uh, tells him to put his bags away, uh, hands him some money, and uh, Liu Kang throws the, the, the bag in the water, takes the money and walks away. Johnny Cage, not all that offended by it, turns apropos of nothing to no one and says, 
uh, at least I didn't ask him to park the car. Then <laughs> <laughs> we cut out of the scene. First I, of a lot of great one-liners. Yes, yeah. like, and also the first of a million pieces of luggage. A million. Like, oh yes, my god! A the, lot I did not expect jokes. the luggage to come yeah. back as a reoccurring <laughs> gag. Yeah. I, I was. I was like, okay, we are doing this. Yeah. This is a we are, thing. We are going full into the full uh, Louis Vuitton uh, day tripper set that yeah. he had. Uh, no, I love that scene. It was so dumb. Um, it's so dumb and innocent. And and as an Asian, you always love to see the Asian get one over on the white guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always, always a plus to me. I feel that in 20 years, I hope that the things that we're scared of now will f- will feel silly. I hope that Donald Trump will feel silly. Yeah. He, yeah. he does feel silly, but he also feels very dangerous. But yeah. like, I hope that it, it all feels silly in 20 years. And that's why that scene... Um, spoke to me yeah honestly the future movies that are gonna be made about trump like i'm not excited to watch them but i am excited that they will exist and that i think paul ryan will be alive to see himself oh yeah i cannot wait like most of them are gonna be dead but i think he'll be alive kavanaugh might be alive like they will see themselves portrayed he is he is young and in very good shape he will be around here for a while that's that's what's holding me through all that all that p90x (laughs) All right, so let's 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 wrap this up. Uh, Sarah Hartsorn, your final thoughts now that we have discussed this film. Final thoughts. I like that we came to it as this like harmless, like I think in today's climate where so much can feel so loaded and so scary, like the thought of a harmless, fun, masculine, masculine place where everyone can feel powerful is that's like really surprisingly beautiful that makes me really it's so it's so weird to find in 2019 with with a room full of like queer women to 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 come to like a happy discussion of non-toxic masculinity yeah i mean that's the whole thing like we should just be showing this to people being like there is masculinity great fine go for it yeah then there yeah. is toxic masculinity which for some reason people are like why are you calling my masculinity yeah. toxic and it's Yo, like, like yeah. my penis my right. penis is my favorite thing why right. don't yeah. you love it so it's like show people stuff but then at the end just show everybody mortal Kombat. sarah kennedy your final thoughts on mortal Kombat, the film oh gosh it's so good <laughs> i just i really I, if, even if you just watch the first 20 minutes if you watch up until the scorpion fight and then you're like well that's a good movie and you walk away from it yeah. you will have a wonderful time absolutely true absolutely true it is not a film you need to finish to 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 have it's um, kind of like playing the video game you don't have to go all the way up to goro go you can <laughs> exactly just... you don't have yes it's very true uh okay so uh we're just about out of time here sarah hartshorn um where can the the folks listening find you uh, you can find me on all the social media. It's just my name on Instagram. I'm Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, B as in boy, uh, Hartsorn, H-A-R-T-S-H-O-R-N-E. And uh, Twitter is the same, but without the B. You can also just search for me. You can search for Sarah Top Model and you'll find me. Uh, and please follow me because um, Instagram is where I get myself worth. So that would be great. Sarah Hartsorn so uh, was a contestant on America's Top Model, by I, the way. I was, yes. yes. Um, I don't just talk. It would be weird. If it I would just be weird if you just, if you're just like just I just branded yourself a top model. Google ratings. I didn't know what to do. I just wanted to make it happen. I yeah. don't own SarahHartsorn.com, though, an artist <gasps> in... Um, Arizona does and after the show she would get all these messages from people who were like it is so amazing that you model <laughs> and you paint and she was like I I do not hear those trying things. to paint man <laughs> like I don't, also when my grandma died like no one could find any they couldn't find anything about her on the internet because I had kind of I had messed up my grandmother's SEO because she um, had the same name she had the oh. same name oh yeah that's useful oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sarah nice. Hartshorn um, 
You're like, so. no, I just went out of my way to make sure nobody could find her on Google. Fuck you, Grandma. <laughs> Thank you, Sally. <laughs> the internet is mine. Too old. <laughs> um, and I also, I'm a writer for Lady Parts Justice League, so you'll find me in their videos and stuff. Follow Wonderful. us, do all the things. And Sarah Kennedy, where can the folks listening find you? Sure. So um, I am Sarah, S-A-R-A-H, right? Uh, K-Omedy. On, um, oh. Yeah, it's because... It's all Sarah taken. Um, yeah. it's, it's all Sarah's taken. a very yeah. common name. Um, so yeah. it's Sarah K. Amity on Twitter, and it's also Sarah K. Amity on Instagram. And then my website is Sarah K. Comedy. <laughs> I got that one. Um, dot com. But um, you can see me every month at the Alamo Draft House in Brooklyn. I co-host a show with Veronica Garza that was started by Michael Folk called Queer Film Theory One Hundred One. One of my favorite shows. It's so fun. I love so it good. so much. Um, so come see that. Yes, absolutely. And uh, as always, I am Gina Bloom. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Gina Bloom, J-E-E-N-A-B-L-O-O-M. You can find me on the web at uh, com, And you can find me right here on the More Banana Network for Sweet, A Lady's Guide to Bro Culture. And uh, we are so happy that we could share this Mortal Kombat journey into the out world uh, yes. with everyone today. Um <laughs> Yeah, guys, uh, there you go. It's not always toxic masculinity. Sometimes it's just masculinity, and it can be fun, and it can be inclusive. Um, just, uh, you know, don't assume that your Asian friends are porters, and uh, just be thankful that you did not ask them to park the car. GZM Shows and the creators of Six Minutes are rolling out their newest audio adventure with the podcast Discovering Dad. A cautious single dad with a secret past and his rebellious kids embark on a thrilling quest complete with hidden treasure, villains, and a family curse. New episodes of Discovering Dad roll out weekly starting June 11th on Apple Podcasts. Follow the show so you never miss an episode or listen early and ad-free as a GZM Show subscriber. Go to gzmshows.com to learn more.